There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning in to the Thursday edition of the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. We certainly are thankful for each of you that tune in and listen. Thankful for those that have contacted us about the podcast. We've had several, even today, that have reached out to us concerning the things of Job, the things that God has shown them. I remind you that one of the main things that we put in the podcast and that we have in there is a, just an explanation of scriptures as we see it. But can I say to you that no prophecy is given a private interpretation. These things are not to be privately interpreted. These things are uh, outward. These things are public. These things are made known to men. But what God does then is God takes those things and he reveals other things in the scriptures to those of you that have the witness of God, the spirit of Christ. Maybe those of you struggling with sin, struggling with assurance of faith. And Jesus Christ can be revealed to you through scripture. And so we want to stir up your pure minds. We want to bring to light the words of God and that God then begin to teach you and begin to show you personally the wonderful things of God. And this is what we see in this passage. This is one of the things that as we look in Job chapter 8 today, we will see. And what God has required of us as preachers of the word of God, as Christians, Bible believers, what God has required of us that we have be good stewards. I realize that most men immediately take stewardship as tithing, gifts, faith, promise. You're taking what God has given you and making the best of it. But this is what 1 Corinthians chapter 4 said, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ, and he said this, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So what the Apostle Paul there is speaking of is his stewardship is in the mysteries of God. What are those mysteries? The mysteries of godliness, the mystery of God, uh, the mystery of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. We shall not all sleep. We shall all be changed. The mystery of the church that's been hidden in God all of these years. All of these mysteries were given to him, and then he was a steward of those mysteries. And he was a steward of God. That's why the elder in Titus must be blameless as a steward of God. It's not about whether or not he has credit cards. It's not about whether or not he gives extra to faith promised missions, but he's a steward over the things of God, which is the word of God. His stewardship is to account these things and to keep track of these things and to give to others, commit them to faithful men. That's what the stewardship is. That's what God requires of us. That's what's missing today. They're not committing these things to faithful men. They're committing these things really to oftentimes to novices or to lost people. And yet the treasures of the things of God are available to every man. The treasures of the word of God are available to whosoever will. But there's no stewardship over those mysteries. There's no stewardship over the things of God. If there's anything a man needs to hold himself in account for, it's the word of God. And I'd rather a man have credit card debt and believe the Bible than a man doubt the Bible and have no credit card debt. 
I just were outstanding the position. I'm not trying to be uh, obstinate there. I'm not trying to be ugly about that. But that's what they've turned this into. They turned this into financial things. They've turned this into financial obligations, financial stewardship. No, the stewardship is this blessed book. And so when we preach the book of Job, I want to preach it with stewardship in mind. I'm accountable for the things I teach on here. I'm accountable for the things I preach on here. I'm accountable for everything that's said on this podcast. And I want to commit them to you. And I want to commit them to you that you also can see Christ. In Job chapter 8, then answered Bildad the Shuhite and said, How long wilt thou speak these things? And how long shall the words of thy mouth be like a strong wind? And to be honest with you, I had to look at my own ministry and my own life and the times that that's what I've been accused of. Just a big bag of wind, just spouting off. I've been actually told you're just spouting off. One man told me one time, he said, you're talking about things you don't have any idea what you're talking about. And I had to laugh because if he really knew how little I knew what I was talking about, he would have been actually appalled at how little I really did know. But I knew just enough to preach with confidence the things that I did say. I knew very little about the scripture, but the things I knew, I knew real well. And there's a lot of things in the Word of God like that. There's things I may not know very well, but the things I do know, I know them pretty well. And so I thank the Lord for that. I One time I came across kind of cocky. I wasn't trying to be, but I, I was speaking of a particular subject. And I said, I challenge anybody that challenged me with the Word of God on a particular subject. Now, I can say that about one or two subjects, but as far as the whole, I'd be embarrassed to say that. If I came to you and said, I challenge anybody that come contend with me over the book of Ezekiel. You know, well, a worm could crawl out from underneath a rock and pick up an NIV and come contend with me and probably embarrass me. And that's to my shame. I'm not boasting. That's to my shame. When it comes to the Messianic Psalms, when it comes to these uh, prophecies of Job, it's going to be pretty hard to contend with. Why? Because it's the word of God. And they know I'm not a big bag of wind. There's times I may come across that way, but I have the words of life, Jesus Christ. So it is with your pastor. So it is with those that preach around you. So it is that those you sit under the ministry. It's not just a big bag of sucking wind. It's not just hot air. It's not just the words of his mouth being like a strong wind as the accusation is. No. Listen to what's being said. Listen to the words of God. The Holy Ghost can prick your heart with the word of God. Can I say it on this wise? He can say it no matter who the speaker is, he prefers a holy man of God. He prefers a man that sanctified himself unto Jesus Christ, that he can use him in power without that man taking credit for it. That's what God certainly, but the word of God is what's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And so what Bildad's missing here is Job was speaking the word of God. He was a holy man of God. He was speaking by the Holy Ghost, and he missed that. And he said in verse 3, Doth God pervert judgment, or doth the Almighty pervert justice? No, because Job was prophesying. He's looking at this as still Job complained about his problems, complained about his failures in life, complained about the destruction. He's looking at this through the eyes of a mere man, and he's not seeing what Job has seen. He's not seeing what God is trying to teach. He's not seeing the prophecies of God. In fact, the Lord said of him in Job chapter 42 and verse 7, and it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said unto Eliphaz, the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right as to my servant Job hath. And so the Lord says, you've not spoken to me the thing that was right. You've not seen me in Job speaking. That's the problem. 
one of the things that people contend with. And a dear brother, I mean, a dear precious brother to me, he said last year, he said, I was never told to look for Jesus Christ in Psalms. There are people that would say this. We've never been told to look for Jesus Christ in Job. Yet they ignore the command and the volume of the book. It is written of me. He's throughout the scriptures. And if there's a place you think you see Jesus Christ, just believe that it's Jesus Christ till God shows you otherwise. You're probably going to be safer off. And is it really a bad thing to see Jesus Christ in Scripture? Is it really an unclean thing to see Jesus Christ in Scripture? No, we've been programmed to this. We have to have doctrinal purity. We can't go outside the bounds of what school taught us and what religion has taught us. And therefore, we're afraid to step out on these things and step out on these matters. And when somebody does, there's somebody going, well, he's just a big bag of wind. But the Lord said, you've not spoken of me the thing that was right. These are the words of God. And they're making an accusation against Job when he spoke the word of God. And so it is. That's not different for any of us. It's not different for any believer. You go down to work and you try to witness the people you work with, and they'll accuse you, and they'll not speak the thing that is right of God. And you'll go down there and testify the saving grace of God in your life, and they'll testify against you. They'll not see God. They'll not see the work of God. They'll not see the words of God. So it is with the accusation that's made. This is enduring such contradiction of sinners against himself. That's what this speaks of. And here it is. Here's a man withstanding Job, the word of God, prophecies of Jesus Christ. When he's on his couch, when he's terrified, when he's dreaming, when he's in anguish of soul, and, and he's prophesying about which is to come. And here's a man who withstands all of that because he just thinks it's just Job. He thinks it's just Job uh, perverting that which is right and speaking against God and going against God. He's a, he thinks Job's accusing God of perverting judgment, and he's not. He's talking about his son. He's talking about his dear son, Jesus Christ. And, and that's not perverse. God, his wrath was poured out upon his son. We know that according to the, the scriptures, according to things we taught on the podcast the last two days. We know the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus Christ. We know he was taken and shaken and broken to pieces. The Lord ran upon him like a giant. We know that according to the scripture. Therefore, this is not Job in light of what he's speaking. He's making an accusation against God because he misunderstands why Job said what he said. And that's the way it'll be with a lot of folks. If thy children have sinned against him, and he have cast them away for their transgression, if thou wouldest seek unto God betimes and make thy supplication to the Almighty. But yet Job did that. Job made offering for his sins. He offered those sacrifices for his children every single day. He sat down the ashes of those fires, and he scraped himself with a potsherd and the lamentation of his life and examined himself and searching himself. That's exactly what he's done. But the accusation is made that it's his children of sin, and he casts them away for their transgression. No, Job offered burnt offering for them as he was supposed to do. He did exactly what God required of him. And he said, if they have sinned, it's a when they sin, if they have sinned, Job offered that offering. In verse 5, if thou wouldest seek unto God betimes and make thy supplication to the Almighty, Job did that. Every single day he came before God. Every single day he offered up sacrifice. Every single day Job walked with God. He was a perfect man. He was upright, feareth God, escheweth evil. Just what Job was. God said that's what Job was. But Bill Dad can't see beyond that. All he sees is a broken man. All he sees is a frail man. All he sees is a man who's lost everything. And he comes in the, in the ashes of his conflict, in the ashes of his defeat, in the ashes of his sorrow, in the ashes of the lamentation of his life. Bildad comes and speaks against him. And he did not speak that thing which was right. 
Verse, verse 6, he says, if thou wert pure and upright, God said that Job were pure and upright. God said that. So therefore, Bildad's wrong. And that's why meekness demands you don't defend yourself. Meekness demands that you keep your mouth shut. His accusation will be made. They'll say, well, this is how he lives. This is how they live. And I remember years ago, a man told me, he said, if you preach for such and such a preacher, he's going to ask you if you have a TV. And, and he said he won't let a man preach for him that ha if they have a television. And so I kind of, you know, I was pretty early in the throes of evangelism. So I had to wrestle this thing out. Okay, do I tell him I have a television? Do I not tell him I have a television? Do I call him the monitor like all the super spiritual people did back in those days? Because they have a monitor with a DVD player hooked up to it, but they don't have TV. You know, and and, and I say, go, oh, I just tell him, listen, I, all I have connected to is a DVD player. I control the content. There's no antenna. There's no cable. I mean, you know, I wrestle with all these things. What do I say? To, and he calls me and asks me to preach. And he never did ask me about television. <laughs> and he never asked me. And I didn't have to answer that. You know why? Because that wasn't the concern. That's the rumor that people spread about. I talked to another man about him later on. And he said, that man never asked me about that. He said, he just wanted to know if I lived holy. He just wanted to know if I lived clean. He just wanted to know if my wife dressed godly. And if I lived godly, what kind of music I lived. He wanted to know my manner of living. And I said, well, glory be to God. That's, that's what God's interest is, a manner of living. God's interested in your manner of life. But when men look at the outside and they see the things they disagree with, the little frailties of your flesh, and especially when you become greatly afflicted, especially when you become sick. And they, you know, when you're sick and you truly have sickness, people go, oh my, this must be the judgment of God. This is because he was so hard on people all those years. It's because he preached so strong all these years. You realize we're all heading to the grave. We're all heading that way. And the accuser stands, and that's why a man of meekness keeps his mouth shut. He knows his relationship with God. He knows his walk with God. And how dare somebody tear a man down? How dare somebody kick a man when he's down? Because of affliction that's come upon him. And affliction has come greatly upon him. I've known men who've lost their minds. I've known men who've lost their physical capacities. I've known men who've lost their physical abilities. I've known men that lost every bit of strength that they had. I knew a woman who was a godly lady in her final year of life. She would curse and swear because all those vile things she'd heard her whole life came out of her mouth because she completely lost her mind. But then you go to singing the songs of Zion and sit there and sing, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Tears running down her face. You know why she lost her mind? How dare I stand in condemnation? How dare I stand against someone in a condition when they've lost all their common analogies and all of their strength and all of their, their wherewithal to see and to hear and to understand. God forbid. Now when Job's down, his friends come and they make accusation, not seeing the words of God that he spake. Not seeing, that's the way it is with a man. A man is, I don't want to keep harping on this, but my goodness, when a man gets frail, his enemies come against him and say, look at his frailty, look at his weakness. Surely this is the judgment of God. Surely this is the wrath of God. Had he had lived right, he wouldn't be in this condition. Had he lived according to God, God wouldn't leave him in this condition. But can I say to you, my friend, there's a judgment day coming and you're better off sealing your lips and not speaking those things. You're better off keeping your mouth shut because you don't know what may come upon you one day. You don't know what calamity may come upon your home and upon your family and you be in the throes of sickness and the throes of illness and God can do with you as he pleases. That's where Bildad is missing the things of God. He's missing the understanding of God. Job was pure. He was upright. And the rest of verse 6 says, surely now he would await for thee and make the habitation of thy righteousness 
prosperous. And by the way, God did awake and God did make the habitation prosperous. God did take Job and use him greatly and restore unto him more than he ever had. God did exactly what he said he would do. But in the meantime, Job had to suffer. Job had to enjoy the fellowship of the sufferings of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he was going to be a great prophet of God. Why did Ezekiel have to eat dung? Why did Jeremiah have to weep? Why did Isaiah have to walk around naked? Because they were going to suffer the fellowship of his suffering. Men's their wives were harlots. Men their wives defiled God. Job's wife told him to curse God. Job suffered great loss. David's sons died. He suffered great out of calamity. God brought us the word of God. And it's important to understand that before accusation is made against others. Take the things we've heard this day. Pray for us in the podcast. Pray for tomorrow as we close out the weekend, ready for the Easter weekend. We may do a little bit of something different for Friday, but pray for this podcast. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up There's for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glory. Song of the Redeemer, Song of the Redeemer.